Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the What's Holding You Back January Writing Challenge edition of the 7am Novelist. I'm Michelle Hoover, your host. Now this month, we are live talking about everything that might hold a writer back from producing the work they want to write and how they can overcome those roadblocks. Today, we get to hear from three writers. Now, Louise Miller, we were going to have, but she's not feeling well this morning. But we still have Suzanne Burney, Shalene Gupta, and a surprise special guest, Christine Murphy, has jumped on. We just see her uh, window there, but she's actually there. Thank you, Christine. Good morning to all three of you. Thank you. Good morning. Okay. You know, I tell them to shout good morning back. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> reflexes. Slow reflexes. Not gamer reflexes. Uh, Suzanne Burney is the author of five novels. Her most recent novel, The Blue Window, was released last January, and the paperback release has, has just happened. So you can find um, that in either hardcover or paperback. I highly recommend it. She's also off the author of four other novels, The Dogs of Littlefield, The Ghost at the Table, A Perfect Arrangement, and A Crime in the Neighborhood, which won the Great Britain's Orange Prize, which is now the Woman's Prize. Shaleen Gupta is a Boston area writer and the author of The Cycle Confronting the Pain of Periods and PMDD, which will be released in February. And in fact, I'm going to be interviewing her at Grub Street for her grubby debut on February 27th. So if you are in town, if you're local, you can come and catch us. Um, and we will just we will actually have fun discussing periods. I think it will make it light and fun and serious. Well, let's make it serious. Okay. So, and Christine Murphy, whose bio I do not have in front of me because Sorry. she just, Christine, Christine, tell us about yourself because you've got some great things going on. Good morning, all. I am in that fun limbo space where my book has not officially been announced. So I don't really know how much I can say, but um, notes on surviving the fire. I'm going to say that that's the title so far. We'll be out spring 2025 in the U.S., the U.K., and Israel. Oh, excellent. Wonderful. Okay. So thank you again so much for Christine for jumping on. Okay. So um, again, we have a Facebook page set up and um, I will put the link to the Facebook page in the uh, notes of the podcast. Um, you can also participate in the in the chat. And today you might really want to participate in the chat because this is what we're going to try to do. Um, I'm going to play, we're just going to be talking about one subject today in response to one listener's question. And then I'm going to set up a challenge for us to see if we can do something, um, which I think we can do to all together. Okay, so here is the question for today. This is from Victoria. Good morning, Michelle and guests and listeners. My name is Victoria and I have had a full life in the theater as an actress, a director, producer, designer, and even writer. And a few years ago, I closed that chapter of my life. Now I'm 47 and feeling the impulse, the pull, the desire to write, to write a fiction novel. And what stops me from sitting down is I know now, at my wiser age, the cost of being so in love with theater. There was a high price tag, one I was willing to pay and ignorant of what I had to pay early on. Uh, there was never, I never had to cajole myself, had to woo myself into that world. It was part of who I was since a little girl. 
And now that I'm starting a new engine, a new train, hopping aboard with all of you, I'm shy to begin because I'm unsure of the joy. And I would love for you to riff on the joy in the work, not so much the joys that come after something is published, but the actual joy in the writing and what it gives you and why it's worth the price tag that I know there is a price tag. And I would, I would love to hear that side of it, the, the, the reasons for doing it. Thank you for the 7 a.m.s. They're a true blessing. Excellent. So she set up a challenge for us to riff on the joys of the writing process. And this is not about the joy of seeing your book out there published or having, you know, all five people come to your book readings or whatever happens <laughs> um, when when you have a book released. Um, so what we're going to try to do today, and I'm, I'm stealing this from another podcast, so um, wink, wink to that podcast. I'm not going to name it. Um, I'm going to try to get us to list 22 reasons or 22 different kinds of joys that we get from the writing process. And we're gonna do it together. We're gonna to do several rounds uh, with our guests. And if you have some reasons, it, things that you enjoy about the process itself, joy that you get out of the process itself, you can list them in the chat. Um, and we'll try to come up with 22. Um, and I don't know, God, is, is Cam here or Allison? You guys have tended to be sort of our secretaries or someone can keep track of the number. I'll try to keep track of the number as well, but I might lose it. And of course, if I miss a number, um, that's okay too. So I'm going to start. Um, one thing that I really enjoy with writing is I find it thoroughly, thoroughly meditative. And I know it's meditative because... When I don't do it, I get really grumpy. <laughs> so there is something about slowing down there and and being in that world it, that's that creates a kind of meditative, um, you know, almost presence for me that is is something that I really can't walk away from. Yeah, um, Suzanne, what do you think? Well, I would I would second that. I have a friend who calls that lowering yourself into the well which I've always thought was such a wonderful way of thinking about that kind of focus where everything else fades away and you're just deeply into what you're working on. I would add um, the company that when you're working on something, you always have it as company. It's always with you. You're thinking about it. It enriches the rest of your life. And I, I think that's what I would find hard to do without is, is to have that companionship of, of a piece of writing that I'm working on. Oh, I love that. Um, and by the way, we are, I know this might could seem kind of foo-foo and like we're trying to making up joys. And I know that we've been dealing with a lot of the writing obstacles um, all month. Um, but there's gotta be a reason that we're actually doing this. There's gotta be a reason that we're returning to this. And that's why I really wanted to dig into this and, and to give Victoria what she was asking for, you know, why is it worth it? What, what are we getting from this? Shaleen, what do you think? Well, first of all, Victoria, I want to thank you for asking this question because I have been having a hard month with writing. So it was a gift to think about the joys. Um, one of my top ones is I am never bored. Like I'm always thinking about the writing at some point. That's great. Yes. Yes. I love that. Christine. Um, 
For me, I mean, I agree with everything everyone has said. One of the joys for me, maybe the word is meditation. I guess there's a there's a spiritual component to it. And I don't mean religious, but when I am making art, for me, writing more than, than others, I connect with a sense of meaning and purpose that transcends everything else I have in my life, apart from the love I feel for my loved ones. Um, I would put making art at that same frequency, that same value and importance. And it's almost like I get into, I guess flow is a term people use. Um, I've heard theater people talk about this as well, and I definitely feel it while writing, but I feel like I am able to enter the river of myself and flow with it. Yes, wonderful. We also have two more in the chat that I think we can count. Um, uh, another Allison um, says, I love leaving a piece, coming back to it and finding that I didn't quite remember writing it. It's like meeting a part of myself I didn't know yet. That's wonderful. I really love that. And then Judy also says, after many years in technical writing, where I was merely the voice of others, fiction is my opportunity to express what I believe, who I am, who I want to be, my own aspirations and regrets. So I think that is two right there. Okay. Um, I'm going to, so my next one is I get to learn stuff. Um, and part of that is because I'm a mostly do historical fiction. Um, and yes, I get drawn into the, the research, uh, rabbit hole or whatever we, we decided to call it, but damn, it's fun to know things and it's fun to learn things. And it's fun to know about those different worlds and have a greater understanding of the context of history. Um, honestly, I think it kind of helped me through the pandemic in many ways. Um, so, so just being able to learn things and learn more about our world. Um, this other novel I finished was about forensics. Um, and I got to learn about forensics. I actually attended autopsies and I got to hang out with a bunch of homicide detectives and learn about their lives. And, um, that was absolutely, absolutely fascinating. I saw some really gross photographs that I won't describe, but but overall it was really fascinating. <laughs> and the autopsies, I actually realized that I'm actually kind of built for this. There was a cop standing next to me and he started to wheeze as we were looking at the autopsies and he like leaned over and put his hands on his knees and was wheezing. And I was like, cause I was the only, I was actually the only woman in the room and I was the only non-cop. And I was like, Michelle, you got to hold it together. But it wasn't hard. And I felt proud of myself. So I guess my farm farm family background prepared me well. Um, okay, Suzanne, I think we're going to get to 22 really fast. Um, I guess I would also I'd add this that would kind of touch on everything that's been said so far, which is I think when you're really into a piece of writing, you have a kind of heightened awareness so that everything that you see it has a possible residence every every conversation you overhear or participate in when you go for a walk the things you see if you're thinking about a place suddenly you're looking at light differently because you're thinking about how to describe it i think there's just this heightened involvement with the world around you when you're writing something because you're looking all the time for things that might be of use and i I think that is connected to um, a sort of spiritual component, but also to that idea of company. You're just with 
everything a little bit more when you're that you're when you're that awake. Yes. I had that on my list as well. Um, uh, you're, you're remembering to observe things, to pay attention to the world, to think deep, deeply. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're engaging with the world in a heightened sense that I think is just helpful overall and, and writing helps you remember that you need to do that. Shaleen. Um, I think it's that it, give, it gives my life purpose. I feel like I have a lot of friends who are kind of, they feel like they've gotten to a place in their careers where their jobs are kind of going smoothly, like their relationships are working. And they're just like, what, what, what do I do with my life? What do I do with my time? And I never have that question because my life is arranged uh, either by like, I have time to write or I am trying to make time to write. Yeah. Christine? I totally agree with that, Shalene, 100%. Um, I think if you, if you're a serious artist, you never wonder like what's the point of it all you're like well the point is to make more art like boom um I would say one of the things I love about writing is do-overs um I think a lot of us start with characters or scenarios that maybe have picked up from life and we're like ah, oh, but like I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna come my character's gonna have the best comeback that when in reality that person said that to me I, I wasn't able to come up with a comeback and then what and you do that and you have fun with that and then you you as you construct and you get more into the art and less of the like <laughs> therapy you it becomes you begin to distance yourself and then you really focus on the craft and the do-over actually becomes a chance to, like you were saying, Suzanne, to delve more deeply into all the nuance of the scenario and maybe develop real compassion for someone you, I don't know, viewed as a villain in your life and made a villain in your book. And you, it just allows a slowing down and a revisitation of things that I think has, um, I think writing fiction has made me more compassionate and sympathetic and empathetic in my daily life without a doubt yeah yeah <laughs> that reminds me my, my first book I got a, a not very fair most people wrote to me afterwards reviews of of, of the book and um uh, my agent just said well you can just use the reviewer's name in your next book <laughs> which I have not done and I actually don't think that a person should really do but Christine is a bigger person than I am um <laughs> of, of of yeah being able to use those personalities and even try to understand them more because you have to deepen them on the page they can't just be this flat characters that we can easily dismiss um and so yeah, I never really thought about that. Um, there was one that Globiana says earlier in the chat um, that I think might be the same or might be a little different than the next thing I was going to say. She says, I like entering into the world I am writing and later emerging to discover it's dark outside and I have forgotten to eat or pee for hours. Um, so that kind of, yeah, you just kind of go missing. And there's and there's something very pleasurable with that. I also wanted to say that I get to escape reality. Um, and it's, and I don't think it's a bad as kind of escape, you know, our political climate right now is really, really difficult things that are going on right now. is really, really hard. And so the fact that I can go back to, you know, late 1800s Paris is kind of great. <laughs> and I like doing that. Yeah. Suzanne. Um, I think it's a great joy when you've been working on a sentence or a scene that is confounding you and then suddenly you get it 
suddenly after fooling around with it and turning it this way and turning it that way, it clicks into place and it is almost like a click. There's something so gratifying about that when you figured it out. Um, I can't think of anything else that's quite like that when you've made sense where there really wasn't sense before. Yes, absolutely. When you get it right. Yeah. Um, we have some others in the chat. Um, Cam says the ability to tell so stories that wouldn't otherwise be told. That's a huge thing. Um, and I think we had, um, oh, Cassandra says, I get so much joy from watching the character evolve from an abstract idea to someone I get to know as a good friend. Um, I think that's a new one. I think that's a little bit different from what Suzanne was saying, um, but maybe it's it's also kind of on the same same range. So that's really good. And then Margaret says, not sure if it counts. I think it everything counts um, because it's physical and tactile. But I write longhand, and I love seeing the story form in a notebook and knowing that it is something that never was before. It's being created by me, and maybe it will stay in the world after I die. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, I lost my mom, uh, two years ago and I have a lot of her notebooks with her handwriting. And I also, I lost my father 35 years ago. Um, and we still come up with bits of his handwriting and he would take little notes about things that he noticed in life. He was an accountant, but he would take, write these little story notes. Um, and so finding those even, even, well, that I, maybe that's a totally another thing that you, this, there's something for your family and friends, um, that you can, you can jot down. Um, Shaleen though, I think we were on you. Is that right? Yeah, I was, uh, I feel like Suzanne, you took mine. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> like we're on the same wavelength. Um, I, I feel like writing has taught me a resilience because I am kind of a perfectionist and my first drafts are really bad. And I've just had to accept, you know, you go back in there, it gets better. And this isn't even talking about the publishing process. This is just coming back to the page every day in, in the hope and sort of the knowledge that you just have to stick with it and it gets better. Yeah. Good. Christine. Yeah, Michelle, you took mine, the, the immortality component. Um, I would say, you know what? So farther along in the writing process, I have found that writing has taught me trust. And I do, I'm not somebody who trusts easily. Um, trust in myself, like like Shaleen, my first drafts are <laughs> just, like, they're such a mess. Um, but I trust, I've done a few of them now. So I trust that I can revise and make it better. And then working with editors, which is excruciating in the best way, like it is agonizing. I see the result, the path they're on, but I'm kind of blind as I go down it because they're like, cut this, cut that. And I'm like, I hate you. What are you doing to me? And then I do it because the joy of writing is you can do it. And if you don't like it, go back to the earlier draft. But when I do it, I think, you know what, that is better. Um, so I've learned to trust through writing and writing is, again, apart from my love for the people I love, it is the most precious thing to me. So trusting anyone, including myself with this most sacred thing, um, is really something to be able to say that I do that because it, it, it's been an uphill battle. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And and being able to find the people. But once you find those people that you can trust, particularly when you start, well, we, we were talking about the writing process, but the, but the fact that there are people in publishing that you can trust with your work and even difficult work um, is, is- And your really reading important. group, right? Like you don't have to be published to get to this point. Like teachers, trusting you, Michelle, I go and join the incubator. I was like, oh God, who's this woman and all these people, what are they going to do to my book? Are they going to get it? But you know, it, it, 
it's extraordinary actually finding people who you take something so personal and unique, like this one book written by one person about one thing, the idea that other people who aren't in your brain, who aren't bringing your background to it, who haven't written it or read it can, can really add value to it and see it and understand it and make it better. It's kind of mind blowing. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're not all by yourself in that. Yeah. Uh, that also made me think of, this is a little bit different though. So I think it, it, it could count on as another one. You know, when you read an older piece of writing or maybe even something that you wrote last week or maybe something a month ago and you're like, oh my God, why is that so shitty? Um, but, but then you're able to, you're able to improve it. And, and, and really this, I mean, it usually takes place like stuff that you wrote a year ago or something. And the thing that it's telling you is how much you have actually grown. I mean, okay, yeah, it was sad that you spent time and were excited to buy the shitty work, but every writer gets involved with that. And the fact is that you've actually grown and learned beyond that. And you can see it on the page. Um, and that, that I think is huge as well, being able to see that. Um, and also I'm going to do another one too, because it's close to something that Kathy, um, though Kathy has just told it in the chat to the host and panelists. So Kathy, if you want to shout out to everyone, um, I would change your, uh, chat markings, but, um, Kathy says to connect with others who I might never have, and maybe never will connect with, uh, through their stories, real or imagined painted in words and ways I might not have. Yes. To, to, it simply allows you to connect with others. Um, and my experience of that is not only allows you to connect with others. So this can be writing groups, it could be an accountability groups, anyone that you read your work to. I mean, there's something about prose and poetry um, in either nonfiction or fiction form that is very revealing about yourself and the other people in your group are revealing themselves as well. And so the closeness that happens in writing groups is probably um, the, the most closeness I've experienced in, in almost any kind of group ever. Um, and where else are you, where else are you going to get that? It just doesn't happen that often and writing gets you there. Um, so that to me is, I would never want to let that go. It's really important to me. Uh, Suzanne. Um, well, just to pick up on that, I do think it's amazing when you're with a group of writers or you're talking with another writer and they're they've read your work and they see things that you didn't see. So there's suddenly a pattern that they find. And it's just such a gift where somebody says, well, what about this? You have it all prepared for that and you didn't see it. Um, I would add that it's a great joy when you find that you've written something funny. You didn't really realize it was going to be there. And suddenly you find yourself laughing out loud and you didn't expect it. And that is, that's a true gift. I mean, there isn't enough laughter out there um especially now and to laugh at something that you came up with is really it's such a surprise yeah yeah <laughs> christine what are you writing in the chat there just the joy of being messaged at 6 30 a.m in the morning to be on the- <laughs> well i was just laughing you guys are saying oh yeah i read something i wrote a year ago and it's not any good i hopped on this morning because i read something i was working on yesterday and i was like oh god it's so bad and i was like then i'll let distraction let's go on 7 a.m novelist instead i don't <laughs> want to look at it <laughs> yes yes uh shaleen 
Uh, Michelle, you stole mine. I was going to say, I love um, the vulnerability that writers have. In a previous life, I did a business and um, the networking there would just sort of drive me insane because everybody would be trying to be their best selves. But when you meet writers, it's always like, how are you doing? It's like, oh, my characters aren't working. Someone I love is dying. And you don't know if it's someone real or someone fictional. It doesn't matter because you're just talking about everything going on in your head and, and your heart. And it's this amazing connection that you can just share with anyone and everyone who writes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Christine? Um, I would, I'm going to steal uh, Globiana. I apologize if I'm butchering your name. Um, I, you know, Victoria, to get back to the question just about joy, like I just have a lot of fun when I'm writing. I, um, in fact, somebody told me once, it's interesting that Victoria's coming from a theater background. I was told that every writer should take acting classes to get into character, to think about body language and movement and, and as a, as a different way into the character and, and then how you can portray them on the page. Um, I've never done that. Um, but I have a lot of friends who've done acting, not because they're actors, but as a way to get into other areas of art. And what they all say is that they, what they love about acting is for them, it's very playful because they're not actors. They're not trying to put on a performance. They're just being in their bodies in a playful way they haven't been before. Um, for me, writing is very playful. I One of the reasons my first drafts are such hilarious piles of messes I have a really good time I make my characters do ridiculous things and every draft as I edit I'm generating new scenes partly for giggles um so when we talk about joy I think there's really something to the the fun of writing just for you making yourself laugh making yourself cry um you know Stephen King talks about his ideal reader and he refers to it being his wife like everything he writes is for his wife and I love that I think that's super romantic Stephen King is clearly much more romantic than I am because I am my ideal writer reader and writer I'm my ideal writer, you guys, no big deal. I do um, my ideal reader, because I write to make myself giggle. I write to freak myself out. Like that, I, you know, I have a really good time with my writing and I don't know, maybe other people will like it, but I, I'm, I'm not, that's not my priority. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. I think, and I, and I want to draw attention as well to, we had during our March, March writing challenge, we had A.E. Osworth, um, come in and I did an interview with them about joy first draft uh, drafting joy first drafting um, and so I put the link for that in the chat and I'll put it in the podcast notes as well it, it was amazing and and right and talks all about this like like steering into what is fun and what is joyful and if you do that then the work is always going to be working it's going to be bright it's going to be alive all of it um i know we've already reached 23 but i think we might i've got a few more and so i think this is might be a little bit different from what globiana said that she said um I'm only accountable to me. I write just for me. And if something appears I want to share, I do it. Um, so this might be the same or it might not. But hell, I am the boss of that world that I create on the page. I am the king of the kingdom. I control absolutely everything. If I want to get rid of a character, I get rid of a character. If I introduce a character, I introduce a character. I make the world. If I want them to be able to breathe underwater, they're going to breathe underwater. I control all of it. Now, that can be a little scary sometimes. <laughs> um, but I still think it is it's a huge thing, and especially in a world where we feel like we can control very, very little. 
Suzanne, do you got anything else in your tank? Well, I would say you can also spend time in places that you want to go to, even if you can't be there. Um, and I, I, in the novel that I um, just published, it's set in Vermont in a place on Lake Champlain that I love. And I, I find mysterious and interesting and incredibly beautiful. I only get to visit it for a few days at a time. And, but being there throughout that book was, was wonderful. I, I really wanted to use that place and to be there and, um, and I think you can spend time in two places at once when you're writing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Shaleen? Writing is always there for me, no matter what I'm going through. And you don't need much. I, my husband is a malaria researcher. He needs an entire like lab and organization to do his work. I need, I don't even need paper, you know, I can just sit here in my head. Yes, exactly. And we, yeah, we don't really need all this expensive equipment. Um, yeah, we don't need to be in a certain place to do it. Some people say that they need to be in a place of, of real quiet, but some people can write almost anywhere um, and, and making stories. Allison also says, and it's free. Yes. <laughs> um, Christine, any, um, any, anything else in your tank? You know, for me, I, I I agree with what everyone's saying. I love the travel um idea, Suzanne. I think that's one hundred percent accurate. Um, I guess I just find a lot of joy in it. You know, I find a lot of joy in the process. It's I don't worry about an audience. Um, and maybe Victoria coming from theater, maybe that is something you're always thinking of because an audience is part of a performance like writing. I think writing's a little different because even when you get an audience, when you're published, you have written the book at that point, you're done, you're on to the next one. So it's, it's like a completely delayed response. The actual writing itself is like, I don't know, acting in front of a mirror, not acting in front of an audience. And I Find there's a wonderful lack of self-consciousness you can get to if you accept the fact that like your first draft sucks and that's just the way it is like don't worry about it um and that for me is very very joyous it, it's my play it really is where I play as an adult with responsibilities um in a world that is on fire yeah absolutely absolutely so we have 25 and Allison's going to put these up on, on our Facebook page. Thank you very much, Allison. I had another little small one and I don't even know if it's worth. Yesterday I was sitting, um, working on my couch. I tend to work on a couch because I need to have my legs straight out in front of me. And I'm just, I just need comfort. I'm just weird like that. And then I had three cats lying on different areas of the couch, lying on my lap and lying. And I just thought, and I was, and I was writing and I just thought, this is so wonderful <laughs> that I can work from home in my sweats with cats surrounded by cats. So I'm just going to say cheers to cats. That's going to be my last thing. <laughs> so I don't know. If <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Um, everyone, I think, okay, we got it. <laughs> um, 25A. Thank you, Allison. Okay. Um, I think we're going to go, but I just want to. Thank you all so, so much for joining us for this writing challenge this January. Um, I know these, these, you know, 
Cold Darker Days is why I wanted to do it in January. Um, and we also had so many wonderful writers and authors who joined us and gave their time um, for free. Like no, no one's earning money doing this podcast, <laughs> but they could if you buy their books. I do recommend that. Um, <laughs> so um, just thank you all. And thank you for being such a great part of the community. Um, people that are both watching and then people that have been on the panels. Um, Remember, you can find everything we're up to on our Substack page, 7amnovelist.substack.com. And you can subscribe there if you want to know what we're doing next. You can find, if you're wondering, what do I listen to now? We've got so many episodes. I've, I've, we have a lot of material on that page as well as on any podcast venue. You can actually go back and just play oldest to newest and you can do a whole new uh, writing challenge for yourself because we did a 50-day challenge. We did a 30-day challenge. We did our summer um, first pages. Um, so there's lots of stuff to listen to. Um, I'm going to throw this back to my wonderful authors, though. Any final words? about breaking through your writing obstacles, Suzanne? Well, I guess when I'm stuck, I go back to read something that I love. I, I think that's again, goes back to the very first thing I was thinking about, which is company, is that that is another kind of company is that somebody else has written something beautiful that came to you or, or moving or unsettling, whatever it is that drew you to it. And I think that can push you forward is you can remember what it was that got you interested in books to begin with. And I think that reconnects you to that kind of excitement and desire that you need to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Shaleen, by the way, I don't know if Shaleen has properly shown her um, robe that's got bunny ears. So <laughs> her hood up. <laughs> <laughs> Adding Ooh, to his credibility. Novelist fashion. Shaleen, what do you think? Any final words about breaking through your writing obstacles? I would say untangle yourself as much as possible from the publishing process and really fall in love with the writing process because the further I go down this path with publishing, the more I'm realizing all these rewards that I thought would be there uh, kind of aren't. Um, at the moment, I'm like, I published a piece on the menstrual cycle. I used the word menstruator instead of woman and I am getting harassed. It's really horrible. Um, I am at a moment where I can't log on to Twitter anymore. One of my friends has my password, but I'm actually doing okay because I spent the whole day writing and I'm going to keep writing. And that has, it has nothing to do with how much harassment I get. Like the joy is still there and it's wonderful. Yeah. That's why I loved Victoria's question so much because, you know, people just, they're like, oh, I just want to get this book published. Oh, I just want to get this out there. But if you, if you don't enjoy the process that goes into it, and I know there's days that I don't always enjoy it, but, but if you don't enjoy the process, you're not gonna be able to get back to your desk. Um, that's where the real thing is. That's where the real thing is. Um, Christine, thank you so much for jumping on last minute in order to avoid your own shitty. <laughs> Happy to do it. It's very shitty. Do you have, I didn't even tell, I haven't, didn't have a chance to tell Christine, I'd ask her this question. Do you have any final words about breaking through your writing obstacles? So I would say, um, get back to other writing, right? Like Suzanne said, maybe a favorite or something brand new, something you would never normally read. Pick up like a cozy fantasy. If you only read literary, pick up like Cormac McCarthy. If you only read romance, you know, do something completely different. And then the other thing I would, again, I think that the joy is, the process like if you're having an obstacle I think sometimes 
Um, we do get in our heads. And and one of the things I've heard a lot on this podcast is people talking about wanting to write like the great epic novel, the brilliant whatever. The truth is, like Shaleen says, maybe you'll have critics tell you your book was the most brilliant thing since sliced bread. Maybe you won't. It doesn't matter because for all the critics who will say that there will be others who again like poor Shaleen here are getting are just like screaming at you on twitter and and hate you and so you know write write for yourself and and get back to the joy and when you get back to the joy the writing comes have yeah, fun so don't judge yourself right yes um and i wouldn't have gotten to know any of these folks if i wasn't doing this for a living um, so that is, is really important to me. So, yeah. And I also think finally, maybe stay away from Twitter cause it's scary and frightening. And, and I, <laughs> no, no, no one's on Twitter wearing bunny eared ropes. It's just not, not a place for bunny eared ropes. So that says it's bad. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for your time and energy. Love having you on and everyone else. I hope you're able to get back to your writing desk. Try to enjoy yourself a little bit. Good luck and good writing.